0: Welcome to Let the Boys Kiss, the creation of queer ships, where we ask the question is it queer baiting, queer coding, or queer canon?
1: This week, we'll be discussing homoerotic cowboys. I'm Maddie. And I'm Kelsey. finally
0: back people yes (laughs) from our long
1: extended break apologies for that it was unintentional
0: indeed and as you may have noticed from the top this is not the black sales episode
1: so apologies if you were awaiting our continuation of the
0: gay pirates It will happen at some point. We're not quite sure when, but at some point it will occur. But instead of gay pirates for you this week, month, whatever we're doing, we've got gay cowboys. Still pretty good.
1: I'm pretty excited to get into this. I've enjoyed our themed, you know, gay pirates, gay cowboys. Who knows what we'll do next?
0: Mm -hmm. But this episode's going to be like some of our other more grab bag episode. We watched... A number of movies that we're going to cover i would say a real strange set of movies all together grab
1: bag really sells it that's exactly what it is
0: yes so this ended up being structured a little bit more like our 80s action movie episode but they were all interesting watches Most of them new to me.
1: Yes, most of them new to me as well. And we're going to do them chronologically. So it will be kind of a journey through time. Gay cowboys in cinema from 1948 through the present, basically. Mm -hmm. Let's get into it.
0: Sure. So we should also say thank you to some of our listeners who suggested some of these to us. I think some we yes. knew we were going to cover and some are definitely new to us. But the first movie is 1948's Red River.
1: Yes. Which neither of us knew anything about, I don't think.
0: No. Never heard a, of it.
1: A lovely listener on Tumblr sent us a clip from it and it truly sparked something within us.
0: <laughs> it was incredible. <laughs> yes. Yes. So Red River is a Howard Hawks movie about a guy, John Wayne, who we're not going to spend too much time talking about because he's not really the subject of the ship, mm-hmm. who sets up a cattle herd in Texas with a, a young – well, with a friend and then a young kid who they've rescued from an Indian attack, essentially. And time progresses. They build up their cattle herd. The Civil War happens. The kid grows up. He's gone off to war. He comes back. And because of the Civil War, they can't sell any of their cattle in the South because no one has any money. So they decide that they need to drive the cattle up to Missouri. But it's a long trip and it's dangerous because previously when people have driven their cattle up to Missouri, they've gotten to the border and everyone's gotten killed and all their cattle has been stolen. So they're Mm kind of worried about that. But Right. As they're going to drive up the cattle, they meet another guy whose name is Cherry Valance, who decides Ooh. to come along on the journey <laughs> with him, with them. And so the ship in this one is between the adult young kid who's played by Montgomery Clift, Matthew Garth, and then John Ireland's Cherry Valance.
1: And it's pretty spicy, guys. There's chemistry.
0: <laughs> yeah. From the moment they meet, it's, it's pretty incredible. Tension, and very early on, like they meet each other and they challenge each other. Cherry Valance is like, "I'd like to come along," and Matthew Garth is like, "You can." He's like, "Oh, try and stop me." <laughs> <laughs> and then they have the scene that the the our lovely listener sent us, where they examine each other's guns.
1: Yeah, the comparing gun scene, a classic.
0: Yes. So they're both
1: like excellent shooters and it becomes a contest of, you know, like one of them starts shooting a tin can and then the other one will shoot it while it's still in the air. And they're like, hey, that's pretty good. (laughs) And they have this all back and forth.
0: And Cherry's like, I'm going to get that gun off of you one day. One day. So it seems like they're going to be kind of competing. Yeah, there's a great bit of dialogue where later in the movie, someone asked Cherry Blance, Cherry, how come you joined the drive? And Cherry said, just... A notion I had, then Matt turned me down, made me want to go. Besides, I've taken a liking to that gun of his. (laughs)
1: They're obsessed with each other's guns.
0: (laughs) It's not a metaphor for anything.
1: Not at all. Well, after they have their first comparing gun scenes, the like sort of second surrogate father who's not John Wayne is talking to someone about the two of them and how they're like you know their reaction to each other and somebody says you reckon they'll fight and he's like "Nah, just paw at each other (laughs) find out what they're up against and you're like what is all of this yes
0: so i think the move like i guess we can also talk a little bit just about our feelings about these movies as we go Mm -hmm. through i think the movie overall is worth watching it's pretty good yeah, But you can also just find the gun comparison scene on YouTube. That's what was sent to us. And it, it's that's certainly worth a watch. It's
1: Yes, electric. even if you don't want to watch the movie, you should watch the scene. <laughs> because Montgomery Clift and John Ireland have some real chemistry. Yes. So yeah, they sort of continue along flirty, flirty, flirty every scene that they're in, which is not that many scenes. I mean, it's mostly about this cattle drive and there's other stuff happening. But the three or four scenes they have together are all excellent and they're very charged and then we make it most of the way through the movie and (laughs) emerges a no homo lady from nowhere where did she come from
0: yeah so at this point right they've ditched john wayne because he's a maniac and they've decided to take their cattle somewhere else that's going to be less dangerous but they've heard there's a railroad depot and so Cherry and a couple of the guys have gone ahead to scout and they've run into a camp where they meet this woman who apparently it seems like Cherry at first is carrying on with and then when Montgomery Cliff shows up, she takes liking to him and there's no hard feelings. No, about that. they're super chill about it. For guys that have been set up from the beginning
1: to eventually come into some sort of conflict, they never come into any sort of conflict.
0: No. So yeah, th- I think th- that is one of the disappointments of the movie is you set up this conflict, you're like, I'm going to get your gun, oh, we're going to tussle. And then this woman shows up and like their relationship just completely drops out of the movie. And yeah. it's very disappointing.
1: It is pretty sad. They don't have any interactions together after that. I mean, at the very end, Cherry does try to confront Matt's father to keep him from, like, going to kill him when he shows up in town, which is a solid move. He's a, he's a bro. Yeah. But, like, they don't speak, really, after
0: this woman arrives. And along the lines of the movie shifting f- focus, when John Wayne shows up to maybe kill Montgomery Clift and Cherry confronts him, John Wayne shoots Cherry and then we never find out if he survived or died died or what happened to cherry
1: yeah they both shoot each other but john wayne continues on his quest and cherry we don't see him after he gets shot so you're just sort of like did did he kill him because that's pretty fucked up yeah (laughs) no
0: no reaction (laughs) from
1: anyone about the ending is not the strongest part about the movie
0: no i think the the first half is better and then Mm -hmm. it kind of loses its way a little bit yeah with this woman showing up
1: I mean, the woman is like, she has all the usual issues of the no homo lady where you're like, you don't really buy her chemistry with the guy and you're sort of like, why is she here? But she also serves this extra annoying purpose of like explaining what's going on with the movie (laughs) because she has this thing with the son and then they get separated. She ends up meeting his surrogate father, John Wayne, and has like a scene with him where she's explaining their conflict. And at the very end, when they have their fight, she comes in to break it up and is like, Oh, I understand now. You were never going to kill each other because you love each other, and blah blah blah. And you're like, yeah, we know. Like, (laughs) why are you explaining the resolution of the film?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's very unfortunate, and we'll get into this more because, like, it always sucks to watch a movie. And with few female characters and be like, I just wish there were no women in this movie. But there are several movies we watched this time where I'm like, I wish they'd just kind of cut
1: all the women. It's It's awful. It really sucks when that happens. And you're like, if you're going to have women, can they be real characters who are interesting? That would be great.
0: Yeah. This is not the only one where I'm like, I don't need this subplot with this woman.
1: I think I can think of one myself. So (laughs) we'll be talking about that later.
0: Just all men all the time place but yeah no even with the ending i think overall it's a pretty good movie it's well directed there's some you know unfortunate stuff with the native americans like yes. you yes know, of the time awful racist like you're gonna get yeah, that
1: kind of the expected stuff from a 1948 western yeah.
0: but there's some value in it and as we've learned from our other podcast we love montgomery clift he's great He's awesome, guys. If you haven't seen any Montgomery Clift, go out and get some, because
1: he's just the cutest. He's a great actor. And he has good chemistry with everyone. He's the best.
0: All right. Let's do the gender swapping first. Who do, who are we swapping? And how are they coming along on this cattle dress? This is
1: such a great question. <laughs> it takes some creative thinking, for sure. So... I think you have to leave Montgomery Clift a guy because I can't imagine a scenario where the John Wayne's adopted a daughter. Yeah. John Wayne. And she wouldn't, she wouldn't have gone off to war. She wouldn't have gone off to war. No group of cattle herding men would then follow this woman who's like, I'm hoisting off John Wayne and you'll all follow me up the Chisholm Trail. <laughs> I just don't really buy that. So then the question is, how do you get the woman into the story? Because it can't really be somebody who joins is she in disguise gentleman. as a man? Oh, that's fun. <laughs> and is not an unusual thing for the Old West. That was the thing that really happened. That's a super fun idea.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because there is the scene when he, when we first meet the woman who he ends up with where they're like defending against another attack and she gets shot in the shoulder and he has to like rip her shirt to like. Oh kick, my God. Kick, that's kick so Mulan too. <laughs> So if instead it was her, it was still Cherry Valance, whose name could just straight up still be Cherry Valance, Cherry obviously. Valance. And he rips the shirt to heal his wound. And
1: finds a beautiful feminine collarbone.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is still a great movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it might be better because you don't need the no home lady The shift yeah. in, in the story would happen when he finds out that she's a woman. Right, right, right.
0: Oh, my God. Does she still get shot at the end trying to stop John Wayne?
1: Probably, but I hope no. that they would show you that she doesn't die because yeah and that she cares Lance about didn't it. <laughs> <die>. yeah, exactly <laughs> that's a much better movie that's yeah. great. I think the gender swap even though it makes it less gay, it fixes the potholes <laughs> it
0: really does so yeah, they would be together. we've decided gender swap yes yeah the movie's changed a little bit, but that's okay as it is how gay was it?
1: I mean, that's like a different question the how gay was it and and like the queer baiting. Thing is tough. I I always think we have trouble putting things in a quote unquote queer baiting context yes. from that long ago because clearly that's not what was happening. <laughs> like they weren't making this movie to try to attract queer audiences and then not deliver on the queer ship. Yes, if there's queer undertones, it's because. Montgomery Clift is gay, and he's flirting this up a storm with John Ireland. <laughs> and you're like, this is really working. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know if if queer baiting is the right terminology for this, but yeah, let's let's rate each of them on like how gay they are from one to yeah. five.
0: I think three. I think they kind of cut us off halfway through, but as it was, it, like just the beginning, four or five.
1: Oh yeah, the, this the gay scenes are gay. <laughs> In a great way. You guys have to watch the comparing gun scene. It is a classic.
0: It's incredible. And just know it, it's taking place like 30 seconds after these characters meet. They meet each other and they're like, pull out your gun.
1: Yeah, we got to size each other up right now. <laughs> you're like, What it merely made me realize is that all of that like cliched cowboy dialogue is just all so gay. Everything that they say to each other, you're like, this is really something and yeah. the extended eye contact and Montgomery Cliff keeps doing this thing where he's like touching his nose while he talks to him <laughs> you're like what is this yeah it's a lot it's so flirty
0: <laughs> all right so does that bring us to the fan fiction
1: yes so we will do a little like summary. stats summary <laughs> of the fan fiction for each of these and then at the end we have each read a fic from a different you know f- ship and we will talk about the specific fix. But for now, we'll just talk about does it have a presence on AO3? And does yes. it have a presence on AO3?
0: It does. There are 10 total Red River fixes, which for a movie from 1948 seems pretty good. Yeah. They're all pretty short, but of the 10, eight are Matthew Garth slash Cherry Clients. So it's, that's what you know. I call
1: a pretty dominant ship within yeah. this fandom.
0: Main engine of those. Yeah.
1: So impressive. I'm I'm happy that there were any fic at all for this one. Me too. All right. Does that wrap up
0: Red River? I think so. It was pretty okay.
1: Yeah. Not bad for a Western. Yeah. <laughs> that's. I don't think we've mentioned that in this either. Neither no. of us are Western fans. So this is a no. very interesting experiment for us because... If it doesn't have like fun gay content, the trappings of the Western stuff are not selling us on the movies at all.
0: (laughs) I will say not to give things away, but I I do think there is a correlation between the quality of the film and how gay it is as we go through these films that we're going to talk about.
1: Okay, that's a very interesting (laughs) theory. I like that a lot. (laughs) But... The next film that we are talking about is from 1954, and it is called Johnny Guitar. This
0: one's a Let the Girls Kiss.
1: Yes, shockingly. I know you're thinking, who's Johnny Guitar? and Who are we shipping him with? No, don't ask that question. It's unimportant.
0: Yeah, it's a weird movie where the title character is very much a secondary character. Why this <laughs> movie is called Johnny Guitar, we He's don't He's kind know. of a, a no-homo gentleman. He is.
1: Yeah. So that's new to us. Yeah. So Um, this movie is directed by Nicholas Ray and it stars Joan Crawford and Mercedes McCambridge. And it's an interesting one. (laughs) They play characters called Vienna and Emma and they are in the, you know, the old West. Vienna has set herself up. Vienna is Joan Mm -hmm. has set herself up in a, the middle of the old West, but in a place where she knows that a railroad is being built eventually. And she has built herself a saloon kind of, you know, place, whatever. It's all the same in the Old West. There's some gambling there. There's drinks. And she's just, like, sitting pretty waiting for the railroad to come through town. And then all of a sudden she'll have this really profitable business. And then Emma, for reasons unexplained, kind of, (laughs) has a vendetta against vienna and she does not want her in town and vienna happens to have friends that are this like little gang of guys who are getting up to whatever they're getting up to they don't really seem to be criminals but they are like a band of
0: friends they're consistently ac- accused <laughs> of being criminals yeah. but. but
1: but really they have their own little silver mine and that's how they're making their money but Emma is very adamant that both Vienna and this gang of guys all need to leave town because they're messing everything up for everyone. And Vienna, or Emma seems to have, she's has money and she has a relationship with this guy who also is rich and they seem to have, I don't know They're what.
0: ranchers. So they don't want the railroad coming through town and setting up a town infrastructure because it's going to, I guess, limit the amount of land they have to sure. run their cattle. So they're wealthy, I think, from- being ranchers what
1: was just less clear to me was like why emma had power over this guy because i understood that he had the ranch but emma's controlling the actions of the other
0: i think they're they're both ranch ranchers guy. and they've been there you know okay. they're old timey friends and then i can accept that her brother got killed or something i don't yeah.
1: know so the, the beginning the inciting incident of it is that emma's brother is in a robbery he's killed she assumes that it is well i don't know if she even thinks it's true but she thinks this is a good opportunity to get rid of vienna and her guy friends by saying that they the gang of guys is who committed the robbery and murdered her brother and without any sort of investigation or anything she wants to hang them all or run them out of town or whatever something that will result in her winning this conflict but vienna is like this is totally unjust you guys know they didn't do anything it's kind of a movie about like mob mentality and all of
0: this mm-hmm.
1: but what makes there this and be this interesting undercurrent of homoeroticism is that Emma supposedly has a thing for the leader of the gang. The guy leader of the The gang, dancing kid. The dancing kid. Intimidating name. And so Vienna gives this whole speech basically at the beginning about how Emma is upset about her own sexual attraction basically to the dancing kid and is sublimating it by deciding she hates him and wants him out of town. And so then that is paired up with the fact that she also really hates Vienna for no reason that it's explained to us and wants her out of town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you can sort of read into that what she will. So then the whole thing is, you know, that at each other's throats. Eventually she ends up burning down Vienna's place of business. They're going to hang her Johnny guitar, who is Vienna's ex-boyfriend who's rolled into town, saves her. And then there's a gunfight and Vienna is victorious.
0: Yeah, this is an interesting movie. Right? It's, it's kind of weird. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I found Joan Crawford's performance to be, you know, very uh, a lot, <laughs> which maybe is just yeah. Joan C- Crawford, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, I think she's kind of big. And Mercedes McCambridge's performance is also a lot. She's out of control. Emma, Emma's out of control.
1: Yeah, and for some reason everyone's listening to her and you're like yeah. what is happening <laughs> and it's clear totally all the wild. men
0: are know that she's out of control and are like I don't think we should really kill vienna but she bullies them into it somehow
1: well and the whole thing as a side note is kind of supposed to be a metaphor for mccarthyism so she ends up coercing a confession out of one of the young kids from the gang that vienna was responsible and then she ends up hanging the young kid even though he gave the fake confession about vienna so it's all sort of supposed to be that metaphor but there's definitely strong queer coding to them at the very beginning Mm -hmm. vienna She mostly wears pants and dark colors and that sort of thing. She's sort of like masculinely dressed for most of the movie. Mm -hmm. And at the very beginning, one of the guys who works for her literally says about her, never seen a woman who was more a man. She thinks like one, acts like one, and sometimes makes me feel I'm not. And you're like, well, that's a very strong statement (laughs) (laughs) to say about this female main character. I love that it goes so far as to be like, makes me feel I'm not like the emasculation of being around the masculine coded woman is so explicit. And yet they don't seem to have a problem with it. They
0: like are very happy to work for her. They have a nice relationship with her. Honestly, she has a nice relationship with her employees by and large. But there is just that interesting thing going on. She's
1: so queer coded. And then. It builds to this place where at the end, when everything's gone to shit, she puts on this white frilly dress. Mm-hmm. And you're like, this is an interesting costuming choice. What's going on here? She puts on the white frilly dress. She seems like the most sympathetic, I guess. Johnny Guitar ends up saving her in this white frilly dress. And you're like, there's just some gender stuff going on. There's The movie is very gender. You know? Yes. But it is, it's a weird one. The plot of it is weird.
0: Yeah, it's structured a little strangely. I do also, I I forgot to put this in our notes, but I have it in my notes. I also think there's something interesting going on with Ernest Borgnine's character
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: Johnny Guitar. There's that whole scene where he's trying to make him drink. Yes. And he's like, open your mouth, guitar man. And just, like, he's pushing him down. And then there's a scene later where Ernest Borgnine is like, I hate women. Don't need them. Don't need any of this. And you're like, what's going on with Ernest Borgnine and Johnny Guitar, too? <laughs> yeah. All these people who meet someone and then on site have this, like,
1: violent aversion to them. You're like, hey, what's really going on? Yeah.
0: <laughs> they do get into a fight right away, too. There's, yeah. you know, the the your classic yes Vi- violence instead of sex it's uh, just such an thing interesting
1: thing for the movie to have introduced explicitly the idea of like a person might convert their sexual urges into violence when they feel that their sexual urges are like you know society they can't manage approve of them, them.
0: Yeah. yeah exactly
1: and so then the whole movie is full of these people who are aggressively attacking each other for reasons that don't have anything to do with <laughs> like anything. the plot it's just like, like i can't stand you and you're like why <laughs> Very so strange. yeah, it's an interesting one. But yeah, they get into some traditional sexually charged moments of them threatening each other. And it's like, you don't have the nerve. Try me. <laughs> and you're like Okay. But part of the funniness of this is that Johnny Guitar, the titular character, is not a main feature of it, really.
0: No. Yeah, he's a person from Vienna's past who shows up and they're like, I've always been in love with you. Me too. Have there been other men? Yes, but none like you, Johnny Guitar. Yeah. And you're like, okay, okay.
1: <laughs> I was. He's kind of, as I was saying to you, like a no homo man, which mm-hmm. is interesting. I don't know if we've had a no homo man before. I don't he's think so. There, so that Vienna can have a romantic interest, so you don't ask too many questions about what's going on with her and Emma,
0: right? But then, yeah, it's strange that they give him Ernest Borgnine, who can also be like, I must attack you or get you to drink and tell you to open your mouth and show me your gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a whole thing, too, where he doesn't carry a gun at first.
1: Yes. Well, he has. If I mean, if you're reading enough into this, like, violent sexuality metaphor going on in here, he has intentionally sort of like emasculated himself right because he doesn't mm-hmm. carry a gun because he got gun crazy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when he did carry a gun <laughs> so he's like willfully suppressing that part of himself throughout the thing so that he can make himself acceptable to be with Vienna right mm-hmm. this is all oh man now that there's I'm like, a lot, this, there's like <laughs> a lot of subtext
0: there's like a lot of subtext.
1: He's suppressing his his gun urges so that he can be an acceptable partner for Vienna but then eventually the gun urges do reemerge when he has to use the gun. Yeah. There's so much going on.
0: The subtext is way more interesting
1: than the actual movie.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. This movie I think was just okay like yeah. watching it but I think there is some fun subtextual stuff to to really dig into. Probably more fun to discuss than to watch.
1: Right. Yeah. And then there's some more gender stuff going on, because there's this debate that happens later when Johnny Guitar and Vienna are getting into it about their pasts and like what they have done while they've been apart from each other. And she gets very upset that he is upset that she was with other men, basically. Mm -hmm. And she's like, a man can lie, steal, and even kill. As long as he hangs on to his pride, he's still a man. All a woman has to do is slip once and she's a tramp. It must be a great comfort to you to be a man. Like, yeah.
0: pretty much Mm -hmm. (laughs) pointed for
1: 1954 yeah so there's tons going on you can read it on lots of different levels
0: yeah all right should we gender swap
1: yeah so this one's interesting because who are we gender swapping I think there's something important about the fact that Vienna is a woman and has started her own business in this town. And that's part of what the threat is to everyone, that she's Mm -hmm. an unconventional figure to be running this business. So it might make more sense to gender swap Emma, because it already is like a little bit weird to me that Emma is such a powerful branch figure.
0: (laughs) I was trying to think about it both ways. Is it more interesting to have a man persecuting this woman who's running this business or is it more interesting to have a woman who's still in this odd position of power persecuting that certainly
1: is interesting yeah i just don't know if i like buy it as much
0: yeah and then interesting too right because the dancing kid is sort of into vienna that Mm -hmm. that poor boy who gets killed seems like he's sort of into oh what a sweet little guy yeah (laughs) There's a lot of men who are interested in Vienna, so to add another one also sort of makes sense. But would they get together, or would it still end in violence? It feels like it's got to still end in violence.
1: Yeah, because he burnt down her house. (laughs) He burnt down her house. I mean, I guess part of the problem is I, that you can see it it just plays out a lot more conventionally if he's like one of many suitors who has been spurned by her and now mm-hmm. is angry and then has to like take it too far i guess that all plays out in a normal way it's just not as interesting as it is to have this woman who hates her for reasons unexplained
0: <laughs> yeah. now she probably ends up with johnny guitar either way
1: yeah Well, because Johnny Guitar is her one that got away and there's all this stuff laid in about how they really wanted to be together, but like they weren't in the right headspace and he was gun crazy at the time. (laughs) (laughs) Of course.
0: And also it'd be even odder if the movie was called Johnny Guitar and then she didn't end up (laughs) there.
1: That'd be pretty fun. (laughs) Everyone's like, why is this called Johnny Guitar?
0: He's a minor character.
1: So yeah, you can gender assault them. I don't think that it leads to them getting together. And I think no. it makes it a much less interesting movie.
0: I agree with that. How gay was it? Pretty gay. Gayish. Yeah.
1: You can give it a very gay reading,
0: mm-hmm. which is the
1: interesting thing. So I don't know.
0: Is it gayer than Red River? I mean, they that's don't the have th- the chemistry. That's of the
1: thing. That's why I'm like, and
0: John Ireland. It,
1: all of the subtext of this might add up to as gay as Red River. But this individual scenes are not. You don't as get the gay. electricity. Well, but this is all that sort of enemies to lovers, sort of hatred electricity. Whereas mm-hmm. in Red River, you're just like they are about to fuck. <laughs> like if this camera cuts away, yeah, they will be on. They'll, each they'll other. really
0: be grabbing <laughs> each other's guns, as it were.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: But yeah. Maybe know. still a three. There is. Yeah. There's a lot of subtext happening. It's a yes. subtext heavy and when
1: you add in the arnest Bor- borgnine thing you're like okay yeah there's yeah. kind of a lot Hold going on, on here on. <laughs> and then once i started talking to myself about johnny guitar getting rid of his gun i was like <laughs> <laughs> maybe everyone is gay in this
0: maybe question mark it's possible okay pretty gay all right where are we at ao3 wise we're nowhere.
1: Unfortunately, oh. it does not exist. There are zero Vic for Johnny. Come on, Guitar. there's so much subtext to be explored. It's just not a popular enough movie.
0: I don't know. Had you heard of Johnny Guitar before we got the suggestion slash did this?
1: No. Yeah, me neither. So. I don't
0: know how well known of a movie it is.
1: Well, I mean, I hadn't heard of Red River either.
0: (laughs) Too true. We're
1: two for two with old gay cowboy movies that we had never heard of.
0: Well, I think we've heard of the next one. Oh, yeah, we have. (laughs) You're goddamn right we had. 1969's Wonderful Butch Cassidy. And The Sundance Kid. We love a it. A masterpiece. It's directed by George Roy Hill. And it stars ya boys, Paul Newman and Robert Redford, as well as Catherine Ross, who is not an example of a no homo lady we won't or a woman that. I wish wasn't in the film. No, she's a woman she's I crucial. love She's delightful. in this film. She's great. Butch Cassidy and The Sundance Kid is about two outlaws towards the end of the wild, wild west. Their way of life is coming to an end and they're struggling to keep robbing trains and other such things yeah so they decide to rob this train twice once as it's going west once as it's coming back east and as they're robbing at the second time they start being followed by the it's the pinkertons right the pinkerton detective i don't agency. think they explicitly say that but i do think okay. that's what we're supposed
1: to assume that they are yeah.
0: It's a group of lawmen and they are being tracked. It's a group uh, of
1: mercenaries. It's not a group of lawmen.
0: It's like people you correct. can hire to go kill someone for you and
1: somehow it's not illegal.
0: You are correct. The, <laughs> the group of mercenaries is hired by the railroad tycoon or whatever to track them and they are being tracked. And so they decide that the thing to do is to leave the West and they move to South America to continue to live their lives of crime. But even Bolivia is not the wild west and everything ends up catching up with them and they are presumably killed in a hail of gunfire by the entire bolivian army
1: or not <laughs> it's,
0: it is a little unclear
1: maybe they walk out and all of the bolivian army is like
0: psych we think you're really cool <laughs> yeah we never kill you guys you're the best hard to say the movie I mean, freeze frames before we could know
1: <laughs> thank god nobody wants to watch them die in a hail of bullets no but yeah, that's the broad strokes. But what's the chippiness? It's so, beautiful. It's so beautiful. Butch and Sundance have just a beautiful friendship. <laughs> they are so lovely. They care about each other so much. There's so much beautiful connection between the two of them. And they have this relationship with Catherine Ross's character, a Place, that is also beautiful and loving yes. and great. Etta Place is technically only dating one of them but <laughs> really there's sort of a whole unit and so they end up taking her with them to Bolivia when they go and they're trying to have this lovely relationship together and eventually they do end up choosing each other and their lives together and she has to go back home to America because she knows that they're going to get killed if they continue what doing what they're doing but you know that doesn't mean they didn't We'll all love each other.
0: No, they definitely did. And if the listener remembers, this movie came up in our Hawaii 5.0 discussion because apparently these set of relationships were a big inspiration. Although Hawaii 5.0 ends not the same as Butch Cassidy. And
1: they never built up that character in the same way at all but we digress
0: <laughs> no Catherine ross is great in this movie as at a place yeah there's a great scene early on where sundance robert redford and at a place of have spent the night together and then butch shows up in the morning and they go out on a bicycle ride together yeah. it's like a five minute scene
1: where he takes her on a bicycle ride and he like is doing tricks for her yeah. and she's delighted and they're she having a fun it. day listening to Bert Bacharach music <laughs> yeah. and then i'm sure at the end they have like this moment of connection where she's like oh do you know if ever you know if, if we had maybe if i'd met you first the two of us would have gotten involved and he's like we are involved and- <laughs> And then they hug, and then Sundance comes out and finds them hugging on the bike and is just like, This is fine. Like, this is normal.
0: <laughs> he asks Butch what she's doing. He's like, I'm stealing your girl. And he's like, All right. And he just goes back inside. Yeah. And all the way through, that's sort of their vibe. They're so secure yes. in our masculinity.
1: Well, that's why the, the hallmark of this movie is that it is like an anti toxic masculinity movie. Anytime you think that they're going to brush up against your traditional western movie tropes they do the opposite <laughs> and like mm-hmm. as soon as you think one of them is going to be threatened by this guy stealing his woman he's like no this is chill we're all good <laughs> and then, like and he, they're just so open with each other in their mm-hmm. relationships that everything is very lovely lovely it's just lovely
0: They share their real names with each other. The intimacy
1: of outlaws giving each other their real names is pretty great. There's a scene on their way to Bolivia. They go, they stop in New York to catch their boat or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they just have this sepia-toned montage of them having a great time in New York. And do they officially get married It It seems seems like like they're getting married at a Sundance. mm -hmm. Uh, But then there's this scene where they're dancing at the wedding and Butch is sitting at a table looking at them both with just the fondest expression (laughs) that you've ever seen on a person's face. And you're like, Oh my God, the
0: three of them. (laughs) It's great. Yeah. I don't think we said, this is a great movie. If you've never seen Butch casting the Sundance kid, you should just watch it. It's, Yes, yeah,
1: gayness or not it's just a wonderful movie yeah but yeah from the very beginning they're established as really close in the way that lots of these sort of like western people are they'll have a person who's there always has their back and so there's this early scene where in their gang of robbers one of them is trying to threaten butch for leadership of the gang And they say to Sundance, basically, don't worry. Once we get rid of this guy, you're still welcome in the group. And it's like Sundance is not going to stay in this group if you all kill Butch. So then Butch is like, listen, I don't want to be a sore loser. But when it's done, if I'm dead, kill him. And he's like, love to. (laughs) They are a a a pair.
0: They're they're a pair. I love them. They're just so fucking lovely yes and we should say too right we talked about montgomery clift and john ireland's chemistry paul newman and robert redford's chemistry
1: it's good (laughs) it's real good (laughs) is the best Um, yeah i mean they make it through all sorts of near-death situations together they have each other's backs they want to go on vacation together they want to move to Bolivia, and then mm-hmm. when they're in Bolivia, they want to move to, like, Australia or Yeah,
0: like, we should have gone to Australia. Yeah, yeah and they, they end up together, right? The lady goes home, and the boys stay together. So yeah. do we need to gender swap? They're together. Yeah, that's the
1: thing. It's like, would it have changed if it were gender swapped? I don't know. Maybe it would have been exactly the same. Yeah. If that's an interesting idea for a gender swap, is... It's a man and a woman who are the two outlaws. And one of them is dating a male, whoever, normal person, because Ed is like a teacher. Yeah. Or something. And then the three of them are still kind of a unit that end up going together to Bolivia. <laughs> and then he eventually has to go back home because he doesn't want the two of them to die in front of him.
0: I, th- I feel like. Unless it is more overtly queer, you you lose the bicycle
1: scene. Oh, the bicycle scene!
0: I don't know if our outlaw man. Oh, would it be our outlaw woman is taking the the regular man on a bike ride? Or so is an is an outlaw man taking a regular man on a bike ride? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> either, way, either way, the part where they're doing tricks for the, the regular man is like <laughs> pretty uh, good. Pretty Whether pretty it's good. a woman doing tricks for the man or another man doing tricks.
1: Well, what I thought it was interesting is the men on the bicycle together <laughs> on the ride. Right. Like I like it being trying two men. To balance the Because
0: I like the idea of an outlaw man <laughs> trying to impress his female outlaw. Friend's boyfriend with his (laughs) pictures bro bro watch me do
1: this (laughs) oh
0: that's pretty good Uh, but uh, i
1: agree i don't think we need a gender swap in this case because they do end up together
0: no we probably don't oh that's really good So this one, how gay, gay. was is it?
1: it? I mean, at least a four. I think so. I don't know what you need to make it more gay, and and it's not just gay; it's extremely explicitly queer because I feel right. like the three of them are in what is basically a canonical polyamorous relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's their their relationship is very well drawn, but yeah, what do you think?
0: I'm with you. I think a four. The only way it could be higher is if they were actually physical with one another or something. But right, emotionally, it's a hundred percent there.
1: They're as emotionally together as two people can be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Butch and Sundance.
0: So A O three are there. Fix. Yes, we've got ninety five total for Butch casting the Sundance uh, Not kid. Too shabby. No. Well, this is a very famous film. Yes. Mm. Of those, forty-eight are Sundance and Butch, mm-hmm. and fifteen are Butch Sundance and Etta. So you love to see it, you really do. So yeah, I just think shout
1: out to Etta, the anti-no homo lady. She's so mm-hmm. wonderful. Their relationships all make sense. She's a character in her own right. You're not mad she's on screen. I I'm always mad at filmmakers when they make me mad when women
0: are on screen. Yeah, I'm not, I'm I'm annoyed, but no, this is not that case. She's integral to the film yep and they all have wonderful relationships with each other all around what a
1: great movie go watch it people even if you've already seen it rewatch it treat yourself
0: <laughs> it's good okay that brings us to our next movie which is maybe not quite as good <laughs> unfortunately it started Nin- so promising yeah 1988 <laughs> young guns come on it's called young guns It's gotta be great yeah it's got all the hot stars of the day it's a sort of Brat Pack kind of movie Brat Pack but cowboys yeah I mean I applaud
1: their efforts I understand why they wanted to make this movie you've got a bad idea group of exceptionally famous young actors and you're like well what genre can we put them in we need another movie for them I guess they're cowboys now so I'll give you the broadest strokes of the plot. They are young guns because they are these young, unconnected men in the West. And there is an older figure who finds all of these disaffected youth and brings them to come work for him. And they're his young guns.
0: Mm-hmm. Regulators. <laughs> and if,
1: if that sounds like kind of a creepy
0: relationship, you're not wrong, but it will be commented on. Do you want an interesting piece of information? Yes. So this is based on a true story, and it's fairly historically accurate, I guess. But in real life, that guy, John Tunstall, was 24. See? That's way less creepy. (laughs) He's not an old man.
1: It's so creepy the way it is now. But anyway, there's an older benefactor who brings all these men into his, you know, ranch to work for him as his... What are they called again? As his... Regulators. Regulators, yeah. And he, like, you know... Teaches them to read and buys them nice clothing and all of this stuff. And then he is not liked around town because there's a competing business that doesn't want him to be successful that is like in with the mayor and the governor and all of this business. And so uh he ends up getting killed by a posse. The, the a posse from the bad guy. And the six of them get themselves deputized, take it upon themselves to get revenge. At first they're just supposed to go arrest all of these guys, but Billy, the kid, who is Emilio Estevez, is a psycho and decides instead (laughs) they're going to kill all of these men. Mm -hmm. So they go on this quest to kill all of the guys to get revenge. It ends up pulling their friends into the problem and then they're in danger. They start to kind of drop like flies along this quest. And it ends less tragically than you expect it to. Some of them end up getting away from this like final fight thing, Mm -hmm. but it all leads to a big final confrontation
0: shootout and a number of the young guns die yeah
1: this movie was a disappointment it's such a disappointment oh my god how could this movie be called young guns and be full of the 80s hottest young stars and there's not a lick of chemistry between any of
0: them i know and it's like it's it's not a good movie no it's not well made no or paced or -hmm. structured Mm mm-hmm
1: yeah and uh, what does this movie have going for it other than lou diamond phillips being adorable
0: yes yeah, so when we looked it up and we'll talk about this with ao 3 the number one ship coming out of this is jose chavez y chavez and josiah duck scurlock who are lou diamond phillips and Kiefer sutherland and i think if you watch this movie or at least when i watched this movie i don't know that that's the pairing i would have pulled
1: but Who i don't you know which I, was I, no, I don't know
0: which pairing i would have pulled it's no it's not like it's evident that it's them but it's not evident that it's any of them
1: i watched this movie and i was like there's nothing to ship here there's nothing interesting happening between any of these characters emilio estevez is crazy his performance
0: is out of control
1: it's wild as hell <laughs> <laughs> and then Charlie Sheen shockingly plays the restrained normal one. He's of the a group. nothing character. He totally doesn't exist. And then you have a couple of like side side guys who are kind of meaningless. Yeah. You've got the one guy who didn't end up being famous. Yes. And then you have Dirty Dermot Mulroney.
0: Who's and- so gross.
1: <laughs> and then the, I guess the only characters who might be acceptable to ship because they don't fall into any of those categories are Kiefer Sutherland and Lou Diamond Phillips. And Lou Diamond Phillips plays this native Mexican character. And mm-hmm. Kiefer Sutherland plays the like, he's Doc. He's like the restrained sort of. Yeah,
0: he has a romance. He's a poet. Yeah. He's the gentle soul. Yes, I guess that's why they're shipped because Lou Diamond Phillips has a very tragic backstory. He has a very intense scene in this movie, which is kind of out of place. And you're like, this is a lot for this otherwise. Well, and then it's met with, like he gives this speech that you kind
1: of want in movies about the old West of like him, a native character being like, this is why I have a stake in this. My whole family was murdered by white people on the reservation. And you're like, totally, dude. (laughs) Like, Speak your truth. And then Amelia
0: us is like, "Yeah, but like, we're your family now." <laughs> and you're like, "I don't think it's the same thing, Amelia." No. <laughs> the fact that he ended up staying, I was like, "I don't know about this choice." But um it is worth saying too that Lou Diamond Phillips looks incredible when in this film, doesn't he? I Lou mean, Diamond fair. Phillips is the best. But his hair, in particular, in this movie, is so luxurious. Like, I don't know why he wasn't in Pantene commercials. He should That's have been. That's excellent. What a great idea. <laughs> His hair is incredible. He looks great.
1: But yeah, I mean, I won't even say that the love interest of Kiefer Sutherlands is a no homo lady because there's not any romantic tension between him and Lou Diamond Phillips. Right. They're just like guys who all are on screen together. Mm hmm. You don't sense any particular connection between any two of them more than any of the others.
0: It's not the best Brat Pack movie. It's not good. And really, like, Dermot Mulroney is unwatchably gross in this movie. Every time he's on screen, I was like, no.
1: Yeah, why have you done this to
0: Dermot Mulroney? (laughs) But yeah, there's just nothing there. It has inspired us to maybe at one point do a Brat Pack episode, which Yes, which I think we do need to do. Gender swap. I mean, having
1: a lady in the gang might have been fun. I think it
0: would have been fun.
1: <laughs> I don't know that it would have meant anyone got together because there's just really like, none of them have interesting personal selves. looks <laughs>
0: like, like if one of them got together with a lady in the group, it probably still would have been Kiefer Sutherland. Like maybe yes. the Yen character could have gotten swapped in as an extra actual member of the gang because he's the romantic. He's the right. poet. He's giving the, her flowers. Yada, yada, yada. I don't know. Eh. Okay. <laughs> I think we're just not feeling this one. Yet. No. <laughs> okay. Was it a one? Boo. Yes. Yeah, one.
1: Boo. Zero. If I, if zero was on the scale, Boo, are, did people agree with us? Are there thick about this one?
0: There are, as we mentioned, there's 61 total, and then 25 are the Lou Diamond Phillips and Kiefer Sutherland it's character, too which many. I feel like is just order of elimination of like, well, again, we're not doing Dirty Steve. We're not doing the guy no one knows. Yeah. Emilio's crazy charlie sheen's not really a person no so who are we left with
1: <laughs> yeah there should be more fic about matthew garth and cherry valance
0: than there definitely. are about this definitely
1: i don't know what peop 25 people found to write about with these guys but whatever on to greener pastures that's what i always say <laughs> sure what's <laughs> up next
0: 1993's Tombstone I had not seen this one before I believe it's you had it's an interesting movie it's kind of uneven also but it's directed sort of by or was it George P. Cosmatos and it stars Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer, Sam Elliott and Bill Paxton, honestly this cast is incredible it's a movie, it's an older movie that you watch and then every person who shows up you're like wow you're really famous yeah it's one of those casts. But it's sort of the story of Wyatt Earp after his main law man phase. So he's moved to this town, Tombstone, with mm-hmm. his two brothers, who are played by Sam Elliott and Bill Paxton. Wyatt Earp is Kurt Russell. And he wants to just make money. He's like, I was a lawman. I have nothing to show for it. I want to just have a comfortable life. So they all move there with their wives he ends up getting a stake in a casino and then he's slowly amassing more and more money. But as they're living in this town, it's being terrorized by the cowboys. The cowboys. Red sashes. And Sam Elliott just can't take it anymore. He can't take seeing all these people living in terror, of these cowboys who are out of control. Yeah. And he was also a former lawman. Yes. And so he decides to become the sheriff after the sheriff is killed by a guy who's high on opium and he also brings along his younger brother who was who has not had a lawman experience bill paxton and basically things just kind of get out of control from there because they get into conflict with the cowboys kurt russell picks back up with being a lawman with his brothers and then val kilmer's just his best friend who has shown up one day and he's always gonna stick by wyatt earth's side because he's doc (laughs) holiday doc holiday and so like I don't know. I find like the the beginning of this movie to be kind of like, also strangely structured. Like you're just going along and stuff's happening and there's like a lot of characters and people are showing up. And then the last 40 minutes are when we get really into the, the like conflict between Wyatt Earp and the Cowboys. Yeah. So the shootout at the okay corral is like the main event of the. Uh- yeah. So that's happened. And then the Cowboys are getting their revenge. It ends with Sam Elliott having to lose his arm and they kill Bill Paxton. And then yeah, wide Earp is like, it's on, baby. I'm out oh, for, I'm bringing hell. Hell is coming. <laughs> and so Sam Elliott leaves with all the wives. And so it's wide Earp and Doc Holliday and like just three other guys who have like, we're on your side. And you're like, okay, three other guys who I guess are guys that before. they
1: knew from the past. You see them like yeah. one time and they're like, oh, what are you doing in town? And then, <laughs> yeah.
0: you know, it's Michael Rooker. And you're like, cool. And so, yeah, then the rest of the movie is them fighting the cowboys and killing the cowboys and i think that's when you really like there's white earp and doc holiday stuff before but then their relationship is really like solid in that last 40 minutes and then they have a beautiful goodbye scene because doc holiday has been having suffering from tuberculosis this entire time yeah and it is clearly getting worse and worse and worse and he ends up dying with tuberculosis and they have a beautiful end scene together but it's, an, yeah. it's interesting. It's an interesting movie. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's not a perfect movie by any means, but I think there's some good stuff in there. It's a Western movie that I have always enjoyed as someone who doesn't really like Westerns <laughs> because there's just like some fun character stuff going on in it. There's some unfun character stuff going on in it, which we'll get to when we talk about another unfortunate no homo lady. <laughs> but, yeah. but Doc and Wyatt's relationship is just delightful. The way that they yeah. are set up, When they've arrived in Tombstone, Doc has also rolled into town, and I think he's actually mentioned before Wyatt sees him. When Wyatt arrives, he's talking to his brothers, and he's like, anybody seen Doc Doc Holliday? I miss Mm -hmm. that guy. (laughs) And you're like okay, why are you bringing him up? But then he does show up and the two of them in the scenes when they first see each other are just like so fond. There's like this very strong eye contact between them and they're both just like so happy to see each other. I think there's a scene where they're having a full conversation with the sheriff or whatever and they only look at each other the whole time they're having the conversation with the sheriff. Yeah. (laughs) You're just like they're so happy to see each other. This is lovely. And you find out stuff like Wyatt's brothers have never met his wife. They meet her when they come in on the train. Mm -hmm. But Doc already knows Wyatt's wife. So there's some sort of backstory going on where they all have known each other. Um, That's not incredibly well explained. But yeah, in the beginning stuff, they're clearly friends. Doc's, you know, going to show up for Wyatt if Wyatt needs him. Doc's got his gambling addiction and all of this going on. And he's really struggling with his tuberculosis. And so Wyatt's like trying to help take care of him but yeah when the big vendetta stuff (laughs) happens the two of them become even more linked to each other and then there's this as all of the conflict comes to a head they've come down to the last like few guys that need to be killed And
0: uh, the tuberculosis is really flaring up. I loved this so much. I did not expect to happen what ended up happening. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) it's so good. So
1: they get to a place where Doc can no longer ride his horse. Basically, he's like falling off the horse because he's so sick. And so they find a random ranch somewhere with some friendly people that own it. And they're like, can we hide out here for a bit? And he's like, sure. And so they give Doc a bed and he's like clearly trying to recover. And... He wants to come continue fighting, but like he can't, he's can't even get up out of the bed. And Wyatt's really worried about him, but he's been challenged to a duel by the what's main his name? Like, remaining bad Johnny guy, Johnny Ringo, or Ringo. something like that. <laughs> it's Ringo, and he's another like sh- you know quick draw kind strong, of guy. Yeah. Which Doc we haven't even mentioned. Doc is like an incredible gunslinger in addition to being a dentist a southern gentleman and a gambler (laughs) so a lot going on he truly does (laughs) but they have sort of tussled earlier the two of them in that way that like gay cowboys do (laughs) where they meet each other and they know they're like oh i've heard you're a you know quick shot whatever like oh there's a whole scene where they speak
0: in latin to each other (laughs)
1: Yeah, they're doing gun tricks, and then Doc says something in Latin, and then the other guy responds in Latin, and then Doc's like, oh shit. Ooh, and then he starts an speaking Latin. Man.
0: <laughs>
1: and you're like, Doc, Wyatt is right there. Why are you flirting with this man right in front of him? So, anyway, they have their past, but we're supposed to Ringo is like the most formidable opponent of the Mm -hmm. Cowboys and so we're down to basically just him remaining he challenges Wyatt to a duel and Wyatt is like he's a lawman he can shoot but he's not like anything that special he's no Doc and so Doc is bedridden And Wyatt has to go off to fight this guy. And Wyatt's like, I can't beat him, can I? And Doc's like, no. And you're like, oh, my God. (laughs) And they're saying goodbye to each other. And Wyatt's turning to get one last look at him before he goes. (laughs) And it's so so romantic. And he goes off. And then they're meeting at dawn in a A grove of trees or some shit. And so, like, what you think is Wyatt walks up out of the mist and it turns out that it's Doc and he did get out of bed <laughs> yeah. and he went to fight the duel against Ringo because he knew that Wyatt couldn't do it. And so he's like at death's door and he manages to beat the guy in the quick draw and he kills him. And then Wyatt finally shows up and Doc's there standing over his body and Wyatt's so surprised. <laughs> it's just like he couldn't let him die, you know? Oh, no, it's such a, it's a beautiful gesture. It's such a beautiful <laughs> gesture. <laughs> And so they end up winning in their quest or whatever. And then some amount of time passes. I don't remember how they do the transition. but I think um, it's unclear, honestly. But now Doc is really unwell and he's at a sanatorium in Colorado. And so Wyatt goes to visit him and they have this final scene that is just God, so beautiful. <laughs> he's, he's brought, Wyatt has brought Doc a gift. And Doc is very much like he doesn't want people to see him suffer and like wither away and die. So he's like, I don't understand why you keep coming to visit me. You got to stop coming to visit me and Wyatt isn't going to hear it. And he wants to just play cards or whatever and keep their relationship going. And then Doc gives him this great speech that starts out as like a rom-com culmination ending speech (laughs) about like how you he makes you so crazy or whatever and i wrote it down let me find this speech so yeah he's like trying to play cards with him and distract him and he says how many cards you want i don't want to play anymore how many and then doc says damn you you're the most fallible stubborn self deluded bullheaded man i've ever known in my entire life yet with all you're the only human being in my entire life who ever gave me hope And then he starts talking about how he was in love once and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. He's talking about that. And they get into what did you want just to live a normal life? There's no normal life, Wyatt. There's just life. Now get on with it. And he says, don't know how. Sure you do. Say goodbye to me. Go grab that spirited actress and make her your own. Take that beauty and run and don't look back. Live every second. Live right up to the hilt. Live, Wyatt. Live for me. Wyatt, if you ever were my friend, if you ever had even the slightest feeling for me, leave now, leave now, please. And Wyatt says, "Thanks for always being there, Doc." And he gets up and he leaves, and he's left him this present, which is a book that he has written called oh, "My, my friend, friend, Doc friend Doc Holiday."
0: <laughs> but that's the thing, too. Like, yeah. So he has this whole subplot with this actress, but like, he's not pursuing it. He needs to stay with Doc till the end,
1: and it's so sad. And Doc has to be that like. I need you to go live. I, I don't want you to be sad after I'm gone. <laughs> go find that actress and be with her. Yeah. Oh my God, Doc Holliday.
0: There's obviously a ton of little moments. There's a mm-hmm. part earlier on. I don't remember exactly when this is. It might be when they first get into trouble. When that After the guy shoots the sheriff and Wyatt Earp is trying to protect him. When he says to Doc, it's not your problem, Doc. You don't have to mix up in this. Doc says. That is a hell of a thing for you to say to me.
1: I know. He's so offended. Like, if you're in
0: trouble, I'm in trouble. What are you talking about? Not my problem. And then in that last 40 minutes, there's a great part, too, where Doc is talking to one of the other three guys. And he's telling him, Wyatt Earp is my friend. I think the guy's like, why are you here? You're very sick. Yeah. (laughs) He says, Doc, you ought to be in bed. What the hell are you doing this for? Wyatt Earp is my friend. Hell, I got a lot of friends.
1: I I don't. (laughs) Oh, my God, Doc. (laughs) So... We cannot talk about this without talking about that actress we mentioned earlier.
0: <sighs> yeah. I don't so again, like the movie is flawed. I think there's some structural issues with it in the beginning. And this whole subplot with this actress, which I understand is probably true to White Herb's Life. So like, okay, I don't need it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't actually know how true it is to White Earp's Life. I, I didn't do that much. But it's just it's
0: the weirdest thing. So she rolls into town. Yeah. Well, Wyatt Earp is married. His wife yes. is addicted to opium laudanum. and laudanum, and they do not have a good relationship. No. Things have gone wrong.
1: To be fair to her, he's just openly flirting with other women in front of her. So,
0: yeah. Really I'm not cool. saying where the things going wrong started, I'm just yeah. saying things have gone wrong. Yeah. So they don't
1: have a good relationship, and she has addiction problems, which is sad. Yes. So he's standing in the middle of the street in Tombstone one day and a carriage pulls in and out hops this lady and the two Mm -hmm. of them make eye contact across the street and all of a sudden they're in love.
0: (laughs) Well, sort of, because she hops out and she sees both Val Kilmer and Kurt Russell and she says to her friend, Billy Zane. (laughs)
1: Yep. Who's also an actor.
0: Yes. I want one
1: yeah well, that's true because they're talking about like oh there's cute guys in this town or whatever and yeah. she's like i want one and he's giving her the like good luck to you kind of
0: happy speech. hunting
1: yeah exactly billy zane
0: is great in this <laughs> he's movie he's so good
1: <laughs> but always in the there are like multiple scenes where he, kurt russell is making eye contact with her from afar and well, val Kilmer is there well yes the wife issue is a separate one but val <laughs> kilmer is in shot oh like over his shoulder a observing the whole thing and commenting on it yes. and so it's very interesting the conversation that the two of them have about it like pretty early on when Doc knows that Wyatt is interested in this girl he keeps talking to him about it and poking and prodding him and being like do you actually consider yourself a married man forsaking all others mm-hmm. and he's like keeps talking to him about it and making it a whole thing and then you know the two of them do end up getting together they go on like a horse ride and have know, a picnic have a picnic and some bullshit but then she ends up having to leave town things obviously get really fucked with the cowboys and things are really dangerous and it's not like she can come along for the you know vendetta ride so she mm-hmm. leaves and a bunch of well, other also stuff billy happens. zane gets billy killed. zane gets killed which then Ugh. Jason Priestley who's in love with Billy Zane decides to abandon the cowboys because it's all yes. too much.
0: Not a um, not to do an aside on other queer stuff happening in this movie, but it's very clear that Jason Priestley is queer.
1: Well, okay, so yeah, Billy Zane's character is pretty thinly veiled queer coded actor. Yeah. And then Jason Priestley is this sort of sensitive nerd kind of guy that all of the cowboys pick on but he And they call him sister boy yeah, Pretty consistent. And he tries to like be like, oh, they're making fun of me because we're friends. <laughs> and I'm part of the gang. But he watches the actors on stage and he is overtaken by Billy Zane's performance and really, really is into it. And so then when they come across Billy Zane dead in the carriage jason Priestley can't handle it he touches billy zane's hand mm-hmm. and then he's like you know i'm out of here this is over the line and he yeah. abandons the cowboys and um, after
0: the performance too i think he asked billy zane to get a drink with him so it's very clear that like something's happening yeah. between yeah, yeah, these two yeah. in the background but and anyway
1: so yes but anyway the actress thing Wyatt does have this going on in the background all the time so when she has to leave town and go he's like sad about it i guess (laughs) there's not a lot of text to their relationship you're just supposed to assume that they are in love now but it's another one where when she's leaving it's a mirror of when she arrives and you're seeing her getting into her carriage and then you're seeing the shot of wyatt with Val kilmer over his shoulder and she gets in and drives away and doc says and so she walked out of our lives forever (laughs) you're like what <laughs> like the commentary.
0: You haven't really talked about it, but Val Kilmer is so good in this movie, He's and all of his lines fantastic. are insane and delivered just amazingly. Yeah. He's wonderful.
1: I love him. He's wonderful. Yeah. He has great chemistry with Kurt Russell. But it's like he they can't let this stuff pass without some sort of snide commentary from Doc <laughs> about it.
0: Yeah. But I don't know. I like I didn't I didn't need this whole lady subplot. I honestly could have done like no. without all of the wives. Although the other two, Sam Elliott and Bill Paxton well, wives are what fine. I liked
1: about the other wives is that they seem to have good relationships with them. They loved their husbands so much. Well and the, the husbands loved their wives and it was like, yeah. This seems nice. <laughs> They're all giving along. Unlike you, Wyatt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why
0: do you, are you torturing your poor wife but the thing that was wild too is the movie I guess the movie starts with a voiceover and it ends with a voiceover and the end voiceover is just like Wyatt and Josephine stayed together blah 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 Maddie died of an overdose <laughs> they're like damn, damn. They're like okay Maddie really had it rough <laughs> they're just like fuck that lady she died who cares yeah
1: I don't know it's messed up uh, oh wait I wrote this down too in the beginning when Wyatt has locked eyes with her across the street and you're like oh I guess we're setting this up as a thing there's a parallel moment where Doc is in frame and he sarcastically is like well an enchanted moment
0: <laughs> and you're like you jealous bitch <laughs> He's that's always, always there. so funny I love him He's so funny. there's fun stuff in this and I mean I, I feel like it is just also worth watching for Val Kilmer Alone? hmm I mean, I
1: think it's really fun. There's dumb, no homo lady. There's some weird plot stuff. But it's a perfectly palatable Western if you are not yeah. a big Western person. I
0: think ideally what I would want it to be. So the movie's like, I don't know, two hours and 15 minutes long. And again, that vengeance part is the last 40. I think I want that vengeance part where we're really keyed into Kurt Russell and Val Kilmer to be more like, an hour 15 of the movie.
1: Yeah. Or like lose 15 minutes and then it's an hour of it and the first hour yeah. is set up or whatever. But it should be yeah. closer to half of the movie, not yeah. like
0: the last third. Yes. That's, I think that would be more ideal. Less of the wives and the no homo lady and all the stuff at the front where they're like, yeah. will we get involved? Will we get involved? Will we get involved? Just get them involved. Yeah. Send off the brothers, Val Kilmer, Kurt Russell together. Take in vengeance. Yep, yep, yep.
1: I thought it's a little unfair when the brothers have been hurt, like one's been hurt and one's been killed, and the wives get really mad at Wyatt. And you're like, to be fair, Wyatt is the only one who did not want to do that.
0: (laughs) Yes. It's really Sam Elliott's fault. (laughs) I know he lost his arm, but Wyatt was like, I don't want to be a lawman anymore. And you guys said we had to be a lawman, and because you both said we had to be a lawman, I will also be a lawman.
1: Yeah, but only because they're all threatening your lives because you decided to be a lawman, and I was like, "Let's not. I'm retired.
0: I'd really rather not." (laughs) No, you can't get mad at her, Do we need to gender swap or no? I mean, you can. You can probably. It's going to
1: be Doc Holliday, right? It would be some sort of like really eccentric female gunslinger.
0: Mm -hmm. But I don't know how much. It's not Val Kilmer.
1: Yeah, exactly. You definitely wouldn't want to lose Val Kilmer. I don't. But I don't know. Like, it's not going to happen because that character's dying. That character is unstable. Like, you're never going to settle down with the death wish tuberculosis gunslinger.
0: You I mean, you can't. He dies.
1: Yeah. I mean, they could have, like, pledged their eternal love to each other, but it would have been short-lived anyway.
0: Yeah. His DB gets real bad. <laughs>
1: It's so bad. And then, oh, there, there's a, he also has a woman that we haven't talked about that he brings mm-hmm. around with him everywhere. And she is such an enabler. There's this part yeah. where he collapses because he's you know been gambling for 36 straight hours or something. And they have to carry him back home. And a doctor comes to see him. And the doctor is like, I cannot be more clear. You must stop doing everything you're doing. You can't gamble. <laughs> no you smoking. can't drink. You can't smoke. You can't <laughs> you have also, sex with this woman anymore. Have sex. <laughs> And she hears all of this, and then she immediately goes, lights a cigarette, sticks it in his mouth, and fucks him. And you're like, this is messed up, girl. (laughs) Are you trying to kill Doc Holliday?
0: She's not cool. She's (laughs) not cool in the end. That's why he needs to go off and just be with Kurt Russell.
1: Kurt Russell wants to tuck him into a bed and make him get better. Mm -hmm. They just don't really have that luxury for considering their lifestyles. No, it's vengeance time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep, yep, yep. Tell them hell is coming. Hell
1: is coming. You're
0: You're so cool, Kurt Russell. Russell. Get him, Kurt Russell. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's fun. I like it. Okay. How gay is it? I think it's pretty gay.
1: I think it's, I'm going to call it a four. You think it's as gay as Butch Cassidy? They're gay in different ways. I think it's gayer than Red River and Johnny Guitar. True. But five is not a lot to choose from. Maybe I think it's
0: like a three and a half. I think that's where I'm at. I think Red River so frustrating because it's such great setup, but then we don't get like an end scene with them. It's like yeah, the well, end and scene the in end 20- scene
1: of Tombstone is like even more really than you
0: get from Butch and Sundance. It's Cause, true because
1: their relationship is all there all the time. You don't need like a them to put anything in words really, but it feels mm-hmm. like the end scene of Tombstone. You're like, wow, what are, like wow. <laughs> exactly so i don't know it's somewhere in that range for me maybe not quite as gay as butch and sundance but still more more satisfyingly gay than any of the other
0: things i'm I'm, i think i'm at a 3.5 i think if we re-edit it to make it the movie i want maybe we're we're kicking it up to a four we get more time
1: yeah because i think their relationship really works the whole way through it's it's other things about the movie that are not amazing all we want is to see vengeance boyfriends vengeance boyfriend. <laughs> okay uh, AO3 AO3 so there's a, f- a fair few here there are 250 total fic in the tombstone tag and 169 of them are Wyatt Earp Doc Holiday. great Do love it, it. <laughs> alright that is the most so far
0: okay not to give away thoughts but I think we're moving into a certified five <laughs> on yeah. the gay scale <laughs> yes. I think we might be.
1: People will be shocked to learn when we tell you that the film is 2005's back Mountain.
0: Yep. Directed by Angley, starring, your boys, Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal. I watched this for the first time. I finished it this morning.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're lucky she wasn't crying through the whole episode, people.
1: So yeah, brief broad strokes of this one. People will probably know that it is the gay cowboy movie, so (laughs) we don't need to tell you that much. But it's about these two young guys who one summer in the 60s work this job together on Brokeback Mountain shepherding sheep. And over the course of the time that they spend together on the mountain, they end up falling in love and and sleeping with each other it's an explicit gay relationship it's not yes. like subtext relationship but when they they know that when they come down from the mountain real life will happen again because it's the 60s and they're in the west and they're and cowboys Heath Ledger's and like engaged Heath Ledger's engaged to a woman <laughs> it's not like they can just go off and be together so they sort of leave the thing they end up getting called down earlier than they were supposed to and it, it takes them by surprise they have to part from each other and they sort of part saying like well Maybe we'll come back and do this next summer. Like, that's all Man. they really can can give each other. And so they leave and go off to do their own things. Heath Ledger gets married to the woman he was engaged to. Jake Gyllenhaal. I, we should be using their names because their names are so good. So Heath Ledger yeah. is Ennis Del Mar and Jake Gyllenhaal is Jack Twist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so... Jack Mm -hmm. goes to kind of start like a rodeo career, work some other jobs. He does come back the next summer to try to get the job on Brokeback, but finds out that Ennis has not come by. And so he's just like, okay, never mind then. Some years pass. Ennis has kids. Four years later, I think he Mm -hmm. gets a postcard from Jack saying, I'm going to be rolling through town on this date. If you want to see me, (laughs) let me know. And so he writes him back like, absolutely want to see you. And he returns and the two of them pick up right where they left off. They feel just as much for each other as they did when they saw each other four years ago. And they go off on a fishing trip for the weekend and then begin a many years long thing where a couple of times a year, the two of them will go back to Brokeback Mountain to hunt or fish or whatever, just to spend some time together so that they can that they can be together for a little bit of time every year, even though they can't be together in their real lives. And so 20 years pass over the course of this movie. It's kind of an epic thing. They each have their own relationships. Jack also ends up getting married to a woman whose father runs a, you know,
0: a tractor supply, so they become
1: pretty financially well off. Ennis is always financially struggling with his two kids. He has a lot of tension in his marriage because his wife, the first time Jack showed up, saw the two of them kiss because they very indiscreetly (laughs) (laughs) were making out outside when they saw each other for the first time. And so there's this underlying tension. She never confronts him about it while they're married. But every time he goes away for the weekend with Jack, she knows what's happening. And Mm -hmm. so it ends up tearing their marriage apart. They have a couple of kids she ends up getting remarried, all this time is passing. And at first, it's like, they try to make it enough to have a week or two every year, but things get harder and harder. Jack really wants for them to try to be together. When he finds out that Ennis is getting divorced, he drives 14 hours to come see him and is like, great, this means like, we're starting our lives together now, right? I'm gonna leave my wife. (laughs) And Ennis is like, no, I still have these kids, I have responsibilities, I can't leave them, I have to pay my child support and all of this sort of stuff. And so there is an increasing tension between the two of them because it gets harder and harder to to use just a week. And and Jack is lonely <laughs> in his marriage. And this is lonely too, but that's sort of his natural state. I feel like he is used to it. And so it gets to a place where finally, like 20 years down the line, he is supposed to see Jack one time. His postcard gets returned with deceased on it. And so he calls Jack's wife to find out what happened. And she
0: says he was in an accident. Car accident. He was changing Um, a tire and something hit him in the face.
1: But they have already had this conversation in the past. Every time Jack's confronted Ennis about wanting to be together, where Ennis remembered this memory from childhood, where some guys in his town who clearly were gay, he didn't know that at the time, but were gay and together one of them had been beaten to death. And his dad brought him to see the body to be like,
0: take this as a
1: lesson basically and so he's always had that in the back of his mind then he knows that Jack that's what happened to Jack and so he goes he calls the wife she knows too now basically (laughs) what the deal (laughs) is with the two of them but they have this coded conversation about it and she says that Jack always wanted his ashes to be scattered on Brokeback Mountain and half of them are with Jack's parents so Ennis goes to see Jack's parents at his childhood home and is actually met with kindness from Jack's mother who understands what has been happening. Apparently Jack for years was saying Ennis and I are going to come up here and take over the farm and we're going to do this together. And it never happened. And so she lets him go up to Jack's room and in Jack's room are the two shirts of theirs from their first trip on Brokeback Mountain. He thought he had just accidentally left his shirt on the mountain, but Jack had kept it for all of these years. And he takes the shirts with him. The mother gives him a favorite bag to take the shirts. And now he just has the
0: shirts. <laughs> and his last postcard. And his last the picture postcard. picture broke, broke up. And
1: he's just like alone in his trailer at the end with the shirts. <laughs> it's too much, Kelsey.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's so sad. But the ending is like, it's it's such a gut punch because the last time they were together, they're supposed to get together in August. And Ennis is like, oh, I can't get off of work. When I was younger, I would just quit jobs. And yeah. now I can't do that. I really, you know, you don't understand. You don't remember what it's like to be poor. So I won't see you in August. I'll see you in November. Yeah. And so it's the November postcard that gets returned, like, oh, we could see each other on November 7th. They missed their August meeting. And he's had this conversation with his daughter who is engaged. And, you know, he asks her, oh, does this guy really love you? And she goes like, yeah, he loves me. And he's like, I don't know if I can get off of work. And she's like, oh, OK. And then he's like, you know what? I'll quit the job. He's like taking this lesson of like, you just got like, to be with. <laughs> people who <laughs> and then at the end when she leaves she's left her sweater behind in the yes. trailer and he's pulling he it, it up with the shirts. Shirt. <laughs> and he says to the shirts he's buttoning them up and he says I swear it's, it's, so, it's
1: sad. so sad oh my god you guys <laughs> it's so sad it's incredibly sad the end of this movie is so sad you'll sob through the last half an hour of it at least um, but yeah well and also part of the problem is they had this last time together right when he yeah. said he wasn't going to be able to see him and they have this fight like the mm-hmm. last time that they talk to each other is this fight about kind of what they want from the relationships and how they're they need different things and jack again brings up the idea of like why don't we just be together? He it comes out in the way where he's like, Why is it always fucking cold when we're together? We should go somewhere yeah. where it's warm. We should go to Mexico. Because he lives down in like El Paso.
0: Yeah. And
1: Ennis is like, Oh, I've heard about what goes on in Mexico. Cause we've seen Jack go down to Mexico and hire a prostitute, basically, mm-hmm. a male prostitute. And he's like, I know what goes on in Mexico. Have you ever been to Mexico? And Jack's like, Yeah, I've been to Mexico. Is that a problem? Like
0: you never let me see you. Right. <laughs> you know? Like, what am I supposed I to wanna do? I want to be with you and you keep me at arm's length and I yeah. can't handle it.
1: Exactly. And so he's, I mean, Jake's delivery is so good. The dialogue is so good. It's just like tragic. And it leads to that, the like most famous line from the movie of him saying, I wish I knew how to quit you. Yeah. And they just sort of like, that's how they leave it. That's the last time they see each other. And it's, It's so good. I mean, I wrote down his speech, too, from that when he says we could have had a good life together, fucking real good life, had us a place of our own, but you didn't want it, Ennis. So what we got now is Brokeback Mountain. Everything's built on that. That's all we got, boy, fucking all. So I hope you know that if you don't never know the rest you count the damn few times we've been together in nearly 20 years and you measure the short fucking leash you keep me on. And then you ask me about Mexico and you tell me you'll kill me for needing something that I don't hardly never get. It's just, it gets so rough. It's so hard because Ennis wants to be with him too, but he's like too afraid. He would never be able to do it. And then you're left with this. Like he's the reason he doesn't want to do it, to be with him for real is he's afraid of what will happen to him because of what he saw as a kid. Right. And then Mm -hmm. it happens to him anyway. And you're like, you could have had 20 years together.
0: Yeah. <sighs> oh, God. <laughs> <It's> all, <laughs> Why it's can't society. they be together? Society's <laughs> the worst. <laughs> and I think what's interesting about this movie too is, right? Like, it's not that it's just that they can't be together and affects them. It affects the women in their lives yes. too in horrible ways. And yes. so you're like, the thought of this is just so terrible, right? Because like, They are cheating on their wives and they have lied to these women that they love them. And, you know, they really don't. And there's a great scene, too. Anna starts dating Linda Cardellini towards the end. And she shows back up after he's disappeared. And she's heartbroken, too. And you're like, if everyone could just be honest with each other. Yeah, this wouldn't have happened to any of them either. Right. (sighs) Man. Just let people be. in whatever relationship with whatever consenting adults they want to be in a relationship with
1: oh my god Broke it's, back mountain. it's it's such
0: a beautiful film and it's just so sad
1: yep it's extremely sad so it's interesting right because it's a explicitly gay cowboy movie we finally got into a 100%. place where they're gay and they're cowboys (laughs) which is nice some good representation because clearly there were lots of gay cowboys in history much as people try to pretend that that is not the case but we're still exploring some similar themes to all of the other ones right we've still got the presence of toxic masculinity and homophobia and all of this stuff that is impacting their lives in the same way that it is impacting the men of the like cowboys are such a Stereotypically masculine thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they're presented as, as like the height of masculinity in America. That's what a cowboy is. It's John Wayne. And so it's interesting to have John Wayne in here too, with Montgomery Clift being like, that's not what I want to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that all sort of runs through it too. And it just is a more explicit conversation with that part mm-hmm. of society. But yeah,
0: man, cowboys, just like, let them be gay. Well, it's the thing, right? All this hyper-masculinity is a show. Yeah. And it ruins their whole lives and the lives of everyone around them. Yep. (laughs) And that's what happens in Red River, too, right? John Wayne's toxic masculinity ruins everything for everyone. Right. Well, and it's like what we talked about with Johnny Guitar, right? It's the sexual needs sublimate into violence. Mm -hmm. and. You know, we see this throughout Broker Man too. Like Ennis has these outbursts because clearly he cannot deal with his emotions, so he becomes violent. And Mm -hmm. you're like, I wish you could just be you. It's not
1: healthy for you, man.
0: No. I wish you could (gasps) just be you. That would be so nice. Anyway, it's a really good movie, but only watch it if you're ready to feel sad. Which I was not necessarily ready for this morning, but had to be done. I'm okay. <laughs> had to be done. <laughs> you had to watch it. I'm okay and I'll be okay. Yeah.
1: But it's it's excellent. The performances are amazing. The writing is great.
0: The it's directing is It's beautiful to look at. Yeah. It's fantastic. All the Wyoming vistas? America's pretty, y'all. Get out of here. <sighs> I will say, though, too, since we watched the Fable Mens, I was like, "Where is the horizon?"
1: Well, what was I watching? There was something I was watching where it immediately started with a low horizon shot, and I was like, "I see you." <laughs> <laughs> Examining that and all of the things yeah. now, uh,
0: you got to think about the horizon. You got to. That's what we learned from John Ford. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, gender swap. No, don't do it. I won't. That would do not it. help because they're gay. They're I'm very gonna gay. I'm not going to do it. I'm not interested. Not gonna do it no thank you how gay was it a five, five. It's, it's gay. It's, it's 100% gay yeah that's what it's about
1: <laughs> and it does exist on AO3 there are 779 total fic and 604 of them are NS slash Jack I really wonder what the rest of them are <laughs> if I'm being honest hmm. maybe they're about the wives yeah maybe they find nice lives for the wives that would yeah. be good they deserve it
0: Sure. Maybe it's about Linda Cardellini and Carl. Carl. Carl's nice. (laughs) He seems nice.
1: Sure. (laughs) Back Mountain, baby. Oh, maybe there are stories about uh, Ennis and his daughters. Oh, his daughters are so lovely.
0: One of his daughters straight up disappears. After a while, we only see Alma Jr. I'm like, what happened to Jenny?
1: I don't know. She's still in school or whatever. She can't be riding around the countryside on her own gay cowboys my friend
0: gay cowboys ends on a sad note just it let does. them be gay let those well, cowboys hopefully be there gay.
1: will be future explicit gay cowboy movies that are not sad because this is the way of Hollywood right to make it acceptable to have gay cowboy movie it
0: had to be a sad gay cowboy movie yeah. to start well I sent you that text about that Almodovar yep. short that's coming out with who was in it Pedro Pascal and mm-hmm. Was the oh, episode. Ethan Hawke. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's going
1: to be gay cowboys, but like in a super campy, fun way.
0: <laughs> yeah. So look forward to that. I know I will. <laughs> it's called Strange Way of Life. It's a short film. Yeah. So how do we feel about the
1: journey of Hollywood cinema from 1948 to 2005 and its representation of gay Western boys?
0: Well, I think it's, what's interesting is... It doesn't feel like we ever got into a queer baiting space. It went from coding to canon. Although, right, we know that cowboys show up in a number of our other ships. So as you mentioned, right, Dean Winchester, obsessed with cowboys. Loves cowboys. Hutch? Hutch loves cowboys.
1: Obsessed with cowboys. They both love cowboys, but mostly they love dressing up as cowboys.
0: (laughs) Hutch loves to dress up like a cowboy. So does Dean. That's true. I mean... Right, there's a that part, and which episode of Starsky and Hutch is that where they're holding hands, and he's like, "If we were in a western, this would be the scene where I'd give you my boots."
1: Oh, I think that's the one where Starsky's gonna die. It's um,
0: oh, where he gets poisoned.
1: Yeah, a coffin for Starsky? for Starsky. Oh, uh-huh. so sad. <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting. I think because what that showing is, and we haven't really talked about this, but we should. What that's showing is like, we've talked about how cowboys are thought of as this uber masculine sign of the American man type of movie. Mm -hmm. But they have also, because of this phenomenon that is present in a lot of these queer sort of shippy spaces where things get so hyper-masculine that all of a the sudden they're gay yeah. <laughs> like it's like it's too hetero <laughs> you're overcompensating and all of a sudden it's gay I think that sort of thing has moved in a lot of people's minds cowboy stuff into queer spaces there mm-hmm. are there because there is something that's really performative about it and sort of almost like camp about the the character of a cowboy and so then you find it cropping up interestingly in these spaces of dean winchester and castiel and starsky and hutch and like these intimate male friendships and the boys in them who are obsessed with cowboys and you're it's become kind of queer coded even though it's supposed to
0: be the opposite of right well it's this thing too similar to what we talked about with the pirates of you're just a man who only wants to be with other men yep kind of suspicious <laughs> you just want to be out away from society isolated yep with other men and you want to mm. examine each other's guns yes very interesting how obsessed you all are with each other's guns <laughs> yeah what does it all mean
1: I don't know. but there is this sort of like howdy partner gay thing in mm-hmm. in society now that is unexpected by people who made the cowboy movies,
0: yeah. It, we didn't cover for this podcast, but if you want to hear us talk about it on our other podcast, right? Midnight Cowboy, too, right? Yep, it's, it's all yeah, in, that's it's a, all In, in that? our minds, not
1: really a Western because it's a New York movie, but yeah, New there's York definitely City. some queer coding there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, cowboys, they're kind of gay, yeah, coded mm. to canon, coded to canon, and then hopefully someday to happy canon happy canon happy, happy canon cowboys alternate reality. some version of like in our flag means death but cowboys i love it
0: yeah oh we forgot to pull the quote that we had the william goldman quote yeah
1: <laughs> so just like pirates interestingly william goldman who wrote butch cassidy and the sundance kid one of our queerest movies we just talked about today also, wrote an unproduced screenplay about Steve Bonnet and Blackbeard, the Our Flag Means Death boys. So, we almost got that desired, you know, gay pirate thing back in the day. And William Goldman loves gay cowboys. It's yeah. all connected.
0: Yeah. A movie called The Sea Kings,
1: mm. which uh, I guess kind of became Our Flag Means Death.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. It probably would have slapped. William Goldman's incredible.
1: He really is. He's so good. But there are such similar themes that you can imagine that his version of that would have been similarly coded I mean, that, to. Do you think uh, we still casting.
0: cast like we do Robert Redford and Paul Newman again? But Oh, my God. As Steed Bonnet and Blackbeard. Can you imagine? <laughs> so Paul Newman's Blackbeard, right? And Robert Redford yep. is Steed Bonnet. Yep, it's pretty good. I love it. It's oh, pretty good. A Paul Newman Blackbeard. I love it. <laughs>
1: that's fantastic. But yeah, it just goes to show that we are not the only ones who are making these connections. William Goldman felt the same way.
0: Mm-hmm. Wonder I'd movies about boys being bros,
1: boys being bros, and not having any girls around. Well, that's no not true. Girls. He wrote he wrote the best girl of this he whole did. bunch.
0: He really did. So.
1: Boys being boys, and sometimes girls are there, but they're all having a good time together. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's getting along, and then we, the audience, get to have a good time.
1: Exactly. It is nice when they're getting along. Well, we need to talk about fanfiction.
0: Yes. So, again, similar to our 80s buddy action films, we each selected one one of the films and read a fiction from it a fiction i did red river mm-hmm. i was initially going to read try to read all eight but <laughs> straight up ran out of time it happens <laughs> guys i got a new job i moved i've got a lot going on yeah but i read the most kudos fic northward drive by keiko kieran it's an older fic it's from 2004 mm. which i thought was interesting you know what um mm-hmm. my fic's from 2004 as well yeah, <laughs> what are well. the odds <laughs> it's it's well written but it's not anything shocking basically they're doing the drive with the cattle and Mm -hmm. matthew keeps thinking about cherry and he's Mm -hmm. like i can't i can't get cherry off my mind want to hang out with cherry just obsessed with his gun (laughs) yeah and it gets to a point where you know they've been flirting and he asks cherry if he's ever been in love and cherry's like oh i don't know and then they're lying next to each other at night and I think Matthew asked Cherry, like, oh, uh, what are your hopes and dreams, sir? Nice. (laughs) And Cherry just leans over and kisses him. And he's like, that was one of my dreams. And then they have a sexual encounter. And that's the story. It's nice. Okay.
1: I read about Tombstone. Mm -hmm. My thing is called Blood and Whiskey by Astolat. And it is obviously about Doc and Wyatt. And I actually really liked it. The writing was good. It's kind of written in like a almost a narratory kind of style. It's first person, which usually I hate. Mm -hmm. But it's Wyatt telling sort of the history of him and Doc. So it starts with how they met each other. Wyatt was on a case tracking someone down and he was rolling through a town and someone said, oh, Doc might have some information about that guy. And he went to meet him and then they just sort of hit it off and he helped him out and they became friends and then there's some instances over the course of their relationship with each other there's a time when a band of bad guys rolls through whatever town they're in and he ends up in this face-off with the guys and Doc comes to his aid and so he sort of saves him and then the two of them go get drunk together and it's a bonding experience and then they have some sexual encounters throughout but they're not really that explicitly described it's just sort of like and then this happened and then we moved along and then I met this person and so it follows all the way through the stuff the events of the movie and him getting sick and it just sort of ends in this lovely place of him reflecting on how lucky he was to know him and what a nice relationship they had and he talks about how you know he was really lucky to end up marrying this woman, but he was also so lucky to have Doc Holliday as his best friend, the most loyal man he ever knew, or whatever. And you're just like, it's very sweet. <laughs> I liked it a lot.
0: All good right,
1: job, Astolat. Um, but Doc and Wyatt are such little cuties. I like him. I like him. Val Kilmer, so much charisma. He's incredible in the movie. Yeah. Okay, gay cowboys. We've done our worst here. I think we've probably talked enough.
0: Yeah. Sorry we missed any of your favorite gay cowboys. Hey, if there's any
1: great gay cowboy movies out there, it's not like we can't revisit or do an episode about an individual one. So
0: we 100% can.
1: Let us know.
0: But what are we going to talk about next time? I know you're excited. This is a, I think this was requested multiple times. So we're going to do it. But you may not enjoy it as much as you might have thought. We're going to be doing the Kelvin timeline Star Trek films. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really intrigued to see how this is going to go. Yeah. As you all know from previous podcasts, I am a, a TOS TNG girly, very much so. But yeah, I'm I'm in the camp of these aren't real Trek. So sorry. <laughs> It's going to be fascinating. Now, I think to be fair, both Maddie and I have seen the first two, but Beyond will be new to both of us. So we'll see how that goes as well.
1: Yeah, because supposedly word on the street is that one's the most similar to the old series. Mm -hmm. But we shall see if you can overcome the hump of your hatred for the first two
0: movies too. As, As I said to you before, it is Justin Lin, who I like. Yep. As opposed to J.J. Abrams, who I don't like. Mm -hmm. So maybe Justin Lin will do something for me. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out. But that's more Kirk and Spock
1: to look forward to. So that's exciting. In the meantime, if you have questions, comments, concerns, ideas, more cowboy movies for us to watch, you can reach out to us at ltbkpod at gmail.com. We are on Twitter and Tumblr at ltbkpod. If you are enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend, leave us a review, and subscribe. The next episode will be out mid-July of this year, so look forward to that.